the begetting of Horus. At last the boat set off on glassy seas, and while oarsmen rowed by day, Isis sat silently by the coffin of Osiris. She neither wept nor cried out her rage, fearing that by such divine wrath she might yet again injure an innocent bystander. But by night, when the others slept, she threw herself on top of the coffin and wept bitterly, murmuring, Brother, I am here. My fine barley maker, lyre player, joy maker, my dancer, my husband, speak. Look at me, it is I, Isis, your sister who loves you. How can you seem so far away from me when yet you lie in my arms? I have searched to the ends of the earth for you. Simply to look upon you would be such happiness, yet your face is hidden, turned away from me. You hold yourself so separate, and my heart is bitter. I scream to the heights of heaven and to the depths of the sea. I call your name. Answer me if you hear me. No woman or man alive loved you more than I. I am your sister, your favorite, your sweetness, your wife. Speak, Osiris, speak, I beg of you. But Osiris remained silent as his one wooden coffin, distant as Egypt or the far-off stars. Hearing dreadful wails rising from the throat of Isis, Maneros crept to the edge of the boat to watch. Isis felt his staring eyes like an icy wind upon her back, and turning in great rage, her own eyes flashed red, burning coals to counter his ice. The frightened boy stumbled backward and fell off the edge of the boat with a small splash. The other oarsmen, hearing nothing, rode on through the night. Isis, again lost in sorrow and half mad with grief, immediately forgot about the boy and threw herself anew on the coffin of her husband and wept. From her tears that dripped into the water sprang a thousand-petaled white lotus. At last the boat came ashore at Abydos, the land of the dead, the land of dreams, the land of desire. Osiris had returned to Egypt, but his king of kingdom lay in ruins. The beautiful palace he had built for Isis had been burned to the ground, reduced to ashes. The gardens lay barren, dry as bones. No ibis waited in the ponds, no figs ripened on branches, no children ran to the shore to greet him. How much time had passed since his death, no one knows. Joy seemed so fleeting, sorrow so eternal. The oarsmen turned the boat from the Nile up into the canal that ended in a grove of acacia trees. When I Isis stepped to the ground with the body of Osiris, a spring of water erupted like some bittersweet memory from a cre crevice in the rocks. Isis paid the oarsmen with her necklaces and bracelets of gold, carnelian, and ebony. The boat turned and headed back to Byblos, leaving the goddess alone on the shore. Her hair was covered with dust, her eyes filled with tears, her heart overflowing with grief. With bars of iron curved ribs of the earth, Isis pried open the jeweled coffin to gaze at length on the form of her beloved. 
The face of Osiris was black as death, passive, immobile, the eyes dreaming. Where is it that the dead go? Osiris knew, into a land of eternally rising barley, into a land of flame, into a land where rivers flow red and shining as blood is in the veins, where the shining souls sit, bird-like on the tops of trees, where the arms of mothers embrace their sons. They go to a land where the words of the dead sit patiently as seeds held as stones. His dreams were dreams eternal. He saw the fields of reeds, cattle lowing, hawks flying, children suckling, inert, lifeless, waiting there in the dark, the still of the heart, the dead Osiris, dreamed the dream of a god, the return of possibility. Isis touched his eyes with her fingers. She anointed them with her tears. She gazed at herself reflected there in his face as if in two mirrors, and she read the story of his eyes of a man in his eyes of a man's love for his woman. She read the tale of his last thoughts. Isis, sister, wife, mother, queen of heaven and earth. Her name was like a tongue of fire, a serpent, beautiful, graceful, enchanting, dreadful, terrible. In her sorrow, she began to dance, to weep, to spin, her feet raising great clouds of dust. She spun round and round, she keened, she sighed. Her arms became great feathered wings, kite-like she fluttered above the corpse of Osiris, chanting, singing, crying, as she had done in Byblos, mad with the grief of separation. Now as he lay in her arms, enchanted by the power and hunger of love, Isis danced and danced while the heavens whirled about her. The great wheel of time stopped and rolled backwards. Clouds of ether gathered overhead, tumbling black, white, and gray, filled with the flashes of lightning. It was only in despair, in gloom, in her deepest grief, in the darkest clouds that the power of light sparked and forms merged. Separated by death from that which she loved, Isis was like some spirit desperate to return and resume form in the body. It was as if she was making life anew. A god blinked in the darkness. A god rose up, bright fire from the watery abyss. He and she, she and he. In the beginning, the two became one, the self and the other, and the self-same self. Now she cried, merge and merge and merge again in the flesh as the two made one. As she sang her songs of love, the great gates of heaven opened up and the circling, unfaltering stars wheeled in the evening sky, weaving a new fate for Osiris, making him a new crown for a king. Desire, she cried, flame, flame, passion of body and spirit, earth rise up heaven descend flame flame in the heart of the isis inflame the body of osiris what sustenance is in my hand bring to his hand flame in the belly and navel breath what is in my mouth bring to his mouth 
the wind of my wings bring breath to his lungs desire a flame what is in my body my belly be in his seed of creation spark of life enter the we rise up phallus of osiris and enter isis rise up milk in the breast of isis and nourish osiris rise up rise up flame enter truth rouse the earth rouse heaven rouse the hearts of isis and osiris amid the hills distant lightning flashed the words of isis were the words of a sorceress truth and love are divine powers her speech was as pure as her heart and mind her tongue perfect her love mighty she sought the lost one without ceasing she who loved him without fail she who traveled to the ends of the earth in sorrow to find him and bring him home brought life back into the lifeless she filled him with the light of her own eyes she breathed his breath for him an entire night passed as she lay with him whispering endlessly love light life power might blessed be thee she raised him up she drew him into her body she gave him her essence he gave her his she made the air osiris breathed the breath of osiris perfume of pomegranates and honey his eyes opened and closed eons passed magic happened at last exhausted the goddess fell upon the chest of osiris and slept she dreamed the dream of osiris from the blue egg of the world a hawk of gold was born shining and blue-haired with enormous wings that spanned the length of egypt she dreamed footprints of the hawk in the sand footprints of the hawk in river mud she dreamed a snake rising up to heaven grasped in the talons of the hawk the gods placed a double crown upon the bird's head she woke to a crash of thunder forked tongues of lightning torrents of rain descending the thirsty earth drank in heaven's flood out of the desert she heard confused sounds of jackals and wild dogs howling snakes rose up slithered through their holes and slid along the banks this way and that a jumble of creatures writhing in the hard silver rain nearby wild boars squealed hippos bellowed mired in the mud animals of seth were all in a panic isis felt a clot of blood and flesh in her womb she knew and ran out into the rainstorm shouting washing the dust from her hair the rain streaming down her swollen breast a god of great power was to be born i am i she cried i am isis sister and wife of osiris mother of a god how i wept for my husband made a corpse by his brother how i wept for my barren womb while i cared for the children of my sister how i bemoaned my fate i weep no more i carry the seed of osiris i will birth a god the child who avenges his father makes good the sorrows of his mother the child in my womb is none other than horus my son my brother slayer of enemies twice born he emerges 
once in heaven and now on earth. He shall be known as King of Egypt. Already he is known as the golden God in the hearts of the people. As he lives, so lives Osiris. With that, a mighty thunderbolt cleaved to the sky and thick drops of rain descended, falling upon the shining form of Isis and the sleeping form of Osiris. From the god's lips, as if he had held the seeds of potentiality in his mouth, there sprang a green shoot of barley. Now the storm grew fearsome and terrible, but Isis was filled with great happiness, overwhelmed with joy. She who had conceived a god and raised a storm, determined now to raise the dead, the body of Osiris himself, already renewed and greening. But she needed time, and she needed a guardian, a watchmate, a helpmate. Hesitant to leave Osiris alone, Iris had little choice. Unable to battle Seth and her tribe by herself, she needed the help of Anubis and her sister Nephthys. When the storm had passed, a white orb, full as the goddess's body, birthed forth through shredding clouds. Isis carried the body of her husband high into the moonlit hills to a remote and desolate place, far from the prying eyes of the villagers, away from the streams of water and the river. There she hid him in a desert cave and sealed the entrance with a boulder. She disguised the resting place of Osiris with a maze of rocks, winding labyrinth of white stone walls. Then with a kiss, she left him there for only one night while she rushed off to find Anubis and Nephthys. The Dismemberment of Osiris It happened that on the same night, Seth himself was roaming the great red sand hills of Abydos, hunting wild boar by moonlight. Armed with bow and arrows and accompanied by a pack of wild dogs, he paused upon the trail of the black boar who was snuffing along the rocks, stopping now and then to catch the scent of food, of barley growing somewhere amid those desert rocks. Seth too paused and pricked his ears and sniffed the wind, catching the scent of a wild pig. He moved as stealthily as darkness along the winding white-walled path, following his prey through a labyrinth of stone until he came to a door, a cave with a sealed door. Outside the entrance, he spied bits of jeweled and gilded wood left by Isis and recognized these as the coffin of Osiris. He became enraged, his face and his limbs reddened with anger as he pried loose the boulder with his bow of iron, heaved aside the boulder and entered the tomb. There he spied the body of Osiris lying upon a bed of stone, breathing, dreaming, nearly alive, surrounded by candles and draped in the shorn locks of the hair of Isis. Seth knelt slowly at his brother's side, stroked his face, and leaned over a moment to whisper in Osiris's left ear. Worms slithered from the lips of Seth. Sleep eternal, my brother, still heart, he said. Lord of death, chief of no man, king of abundant sleep, 
The flesh rots and stinks. The intestines become fetid lit liquid. The bones of the body crumble away. The soul departs. Matter becomes chaos, a helpless mass. Fish and worms shall dine on thee. An end has been made of thee. Fear me now. I am Seth, death itself, the heir of Egypt. Osiris opened his eyes once, beheld Seth, and cried out, Isis, come to me! With a cry of rage and a thunderclap, Seth drew from his belt an Ethiopian knife. A sharp blade of obsidian, he plunged into the chest of his awakened brother. Then the god Osiris closed his eyes, breathed no more, and died his second death. In his pain and rage, Seth slashed the knife again and again across the body of Osiris. He cut the head from the body. He hacked off the arms and legs and penis. He disassembled the bones of the back. He quartered his brother like a slain animal and stuffed all of the pieces in a leather sack and then carried the bits of the body down to the river and heaved them into the water. The Nile ran red with the blood of Osiris, and the scattered bits of his body drifted away to wash ashore later on the river bank, all but the phallus of Osiris, which floated on the water like a lotus bud on a stalk. The clotted blood of Osiris, mixed with the regenerative powers of the water, gave birth to the long-nosed oxen oxyrhinicus fish. In turn, the fish, newborn and hungry, spied the body, bobbing phallus of Osiris. Because it seemed a tasty bit of flesh, the fish swallowed it and then sank immediately to the bottom of the river. At the moment of his death, Osiris, at the moment of his death, Isis, who had been sitting with Nephthys many miles away, heard the cry of her brother. The two women rushed out into the darkness, beheld the blood-red moon, and gasped. A shadow descended upon the face of the moon. They watched in growing horror as bit by bit the moon disappeared, eaten up by a black shadow. When only a crescent of light remained, Isis was seized with the knowledge of her husband's fate. That crescent of light is the leg of Osiris, she cried. That black, blackened crescent is the knife of Seth. Nephthys answered. The, goddess, the goddesses fell to their knees with wails of grief and sent their anguished cries to heaven. Their sobs shattered stone. Isis and Nephthys hurried to the river led by Anubis, who knew the smell of his father and followed the trail of his blood. There on the banks of the Nile at Abydos, the goddess spied severed head of her husband. She threw herself upon it, grasped it to her lap, weeping and kissing the blue lips of the mouth, speaking her words of power, breathing her breath into him. But there was no Osiris left to receive her sacred gift. A madness deep and dark descended upon her, a sorrow greater than any despair she had ever known. 
O helpless one, she cried, O God asleep, O Cyrus inert, who knows not the darkness of this place. I know it for him in my heart. I found him dead lying on his side. Awake, rise up, let the flood waters be in motion. Isis washed the head of Osiris in the water of the Nile. She bathed him as natron and nitre. She perfumed his hair with frankincense, his lips with myrrh. She plunged her fingers between his teeth. Open your mouth, she said, that he, he may speak to me, that he may eat, that he may draw breath wherever he is. She sat singing softly as she offered the severed head, a loaf of bread, a jug of wine, and the milk of her breast. The god did not stir. His eyes remained open, passive, immobile. O oh, sister, Nephthys said to Isis, there lies our brother Osiris slain, father of our children, the good and shining one. He shall be remembered. We shall lift, lift up his head. We shall find his bones. We shall reassemble his limbs. Love shall put an end to all this woe, and he will suffer no more. Iris rose, shook the sand from her feet, and shaved her head. She smeared herself with mud, and Nephthys joined her sister in the sorrowing. The two goddesses danced on the river bank. Around the severed head of Osiris, they shook the sistrum, they tore their dresses then their, and beat their breasts. They keened and sighed like two birds, waving their arms. They rose above the body of Osiris on soaring wings. Seeing the two sisters like hawks circling above the river through the bloody night of dawn, people ran from their homes. When they saw that their king lay slain, they too began to beat their breasts, wave their hands in the air, shave their heads and shout. Then they gathered palm branches from the trees and thrashed the air with them, crying, A multitude of days, the innumerable leaves of this tree shall be years of Osiris in the land of his mother. Yet Isis was not willing to surrender Osiris into death, at least not while his air grew in her belly. In a nearby cave, she, Anubis, and Nephthys hid the head of Osiris, determined to bring together all of the mangled and missing parts of the god and to resurrect him. The tomb of Osiris became like the tomb of his mother. His broken limbs and body would be gathered to nut Mother Sky, even as she gathered to herself that multitude of stars. But by her great magic, Isis would restore her husband's divine rulership. But to revive a god, Isis needed to teach people about the rituals of her magic. By the side of the river where she had discovered him, the goddess built for her husband a place of honor. The eternal stones of the temple to Osiris stretched nearly up to heaven. For the people she fashioned a body of wax and spaces, wax and spices, and wrapped it in linen rags of her shredded dress. She gave this body to the village priests and they buried it. The spirit of the god entered into 
the eternal stones that bore the likeness of his face. At the feet of the statue, the mourners lay garlands of onions, garlands of lotus, garlands of desert flowers. They prayed and sang, they danced, and they burned incense. The life of the people gave life to Osiris. Render him honors, Isis said. He was the noblest man in Egypt, child of the sky, inheritor of the earth. Remember him as I remember him. Remember him. Say his name, Osiris. Say his name, Anefer, the beautiful one. Say his name, Kentimenti, Lord of hidden things. Bring him geese, raisin cakes, pomegranates, beer. Remember yourselves. Whether you live or die, you are Osiris too. He enters in and reappears through you. He decays in you, he grows in you, a God eternal as the growing emmer. Living or dead, he is like the barley. He is yesterday, he is tomorrow. He shall be born again and again. He shall be born within you. His body is the wheat in your bread, his blood the fluid of your wine. Osiris has entered truth. He relies on truth. Master of the God's way, he emerges in truth. Lord of Kemet, Lord of the death, Osiris lives. He has no limits. So saying, the goddess left Abydos, dressed now in mourning clothes of blue and gray, faces smeared with blood, Isis and Nephthys, set sail on a sloop of bundled papyrus reeds, Anubis, dark as night and robed, robed in panther skins, stood at the head of the boat, sniffing the breezes, searching out the missing pieces of his father. Unbeknownst to the goddess, the papyrus boat was being followed by a larger crook-toothed crocodile, the same creature who once had encountered Isis on the riverbank. He had seen fish devour the regenerative parts of Osiris, and he felt pity for the goddess, knowing as he did, since he himself was a devourer, a monster of destruction, that all the parts of Osiris would never be found. Yet the crocodile followed the boat of Isis, protecting her from followers of Seth, while she gathered together other body parts. The name of the crocodile was Sobek. For 28 days, the trio sailed up and down the river, gathering the fragments of Osiris' body. Wherever Isis found a piece, a foot, an arm, a leg, a thigh, his heart, bits of his backbone, his ears, his tongue, his jaw, she cried out with joy, He lives, he rises up, a god is found anew. Then her joy descended again into sorrow, and she cried long, loud lamentations. He is dead, he is dead. Alas, the king is dead. Nephthys wept with her sister, in her own troubles weighing heavily upon her heart. It had been her husband, after all, who had slain the husband of her sister, her husband who had slain her brother, yet she could not speak against him. Love and anger existed like twins in the same heart. 
it was her child Anubis, who knew her not, who led the search for Osiris, who adored Isis and called her mother. Nephthys's life was bitter, bitterer, bitterest. In every city, by every riverbank, where the body parts of Osiris were found, the goddesses cried with joy, were immediately consumed with grief, and in happiness and sorrow erected a new temple. Thus Isis perfected the fragments of Osiris by confusing Seth as to the real burial site of the body. The companions of Seth followed every movement of the two sisters, determined to find Osiris and corrupt him yet again. Therefore Isis and Nephthys traveled throughout Egypt with their heads shaved, their faces concealed by beards, disguised as beggarmen, so that they might confuse the enemies of Osiris. Said Isis to Nephthys, In my grief I have found another kind of strength. I have turned myself into a man. Although I was a woman, I have become a man in order to make the name of Osiris endure on earth.